You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to A Step Further. This is our weekly podcast from Kingsway Christian Church, where we take what we talked about on Sunday one step further. My name is Matt Nickerson. I'm the host for today's podcast, and it's good to be here with you today. Where we are in time right now is we are at the end of 2020. Dun, dun, dun. What a year it has been. And so for those of you listening to this somewhere in the future, you may or may not know that 2020 was the most unique year that I have ever heard, read about, or been a part of. Pandemics and murder hornets and and all kinds of crazy things happening throughout the year. So without recapping all those, this past Sunday was fantastic. We got to celebrate that in the midst of the craziest, most stressful, most busy, weirdest year on calendar, God was still on the move. He was changing lives. We've had over 44 people be baptized at Kingsway. We've got more coming or scheduled this year. We've had over 950,000 interactions through our social media. Some of those are double and triple counts. Obviously, there's no way for us to filter all those out, but that's over the entire year. Uh, We just continue to have people engaging online and live in person. God is still changing lives, challenging people. It's just been amazing. But here we are, and we're wrestling with the end of this series called Satisfied. And the whole root of Satisfied was how do we live as people who are content in the world? And content, I said my definition for content is to be satisfied with what I have, whether I get more or not. And that is what Paul challenges Timothy to do in the book of Timothy. So I want to build on that as we wrap up this series, as we transition into our next one. And I want to wrap that up with this message today. Jesus tells a story in uh, Matthew chapter 13. He actually tells back-to-back parables. Now, parables, for those of you listening, are intentional stories Jesus tells. They've got a hidden meaning, and the reason they're hidden is so that those who want to understand God, who want to understand Jesus' teachings, they will seek after the truth of what it means. And as they find the truth in the parable, in the story, they'll discover that God knew what he was talking about all Long. But if you don't want to understand God, if you don't want to understand his ways, you'll just simply let it roll off you. You'll let it bounce right off you and you'll move on about life. So in other words, anybody who wants to discover the truth will be able to find it, but those who don't won't. So these two stories are interesting. Let's take a look at the parables and then we'll talk about what they mean and why they're interesting. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had, and he bought that field. Then he follows up the very, very, very next verse, verse 45. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You're like, okay, thank you, Jesus, for telling us. Okay, but this is, this is beautiful. So a parable, it's a story with a hidden meaning. You've got to search for the meaning. But this one's actually pretty easy to figure out. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, this one is a little bit harder to unpack. It would literally take us like an hour to unpack that. Uh, The kingdom of heaven, though, as a way of summarizing, for Jesus, I'm here. And I'm bringing heaven with me. And I'm bringing heaven's ways with me. So I'm not going to think like the world thinks. I'm not going to act like the world acts. I'm going to do things in a way that God desired for it to be done in the beginning before the rebellion, we call it sin, occurred. So before I started living selfishly for myself, there was a way uh, that pleased God. So what is that? The kingdom of heaven. It's really fleshed out for Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 6 and what we call the Sermon on the Mount. 
powerful stuff. It talks a lot about forgiveness and generosity. It talks a lot about how to treat others, your enemies, and praying for them, and instead of cursing them, uh, and not attacking them when they attack you. And what does it mean to be a people of the kingdom of heaven? And so as you read this, think about it for a second. What Jesus is saying is the kingdom of heaven is so valuable. Imagine a man walking through a field. Back in the day, agricultural society, uh, the Romans had developed these amazing roads for transportation. And so imagine actually crossing through this field and you're trying to get where you want to go. And all of a sudden you, you sit down under a tree, it's a hot day and you're just taking a break. And maybe you pull out a little apple or something you'd put in your little sachet that's on your side there and you pull it out and, and you're eating your apple and you look down and you go, huh, I wonder what that is. The ground looks like it's funky right there. And so you dig around a little in the field and you go, oh my goodness, what is this box? And you pull out the box and there's a treasure and the treasure is just a bunch of whatever, jewels or, or, or diamonds or gold or something just in there. And you think to yourself, oh my goodness, I just found an amazing hidden treasure. And so you put it back in the hole, you push the dirt back over top of it, and then you go away. And you find the owner. And the owner says, you say, hey, there's that field out there. There's nothing really growing in it. And you're just thinking, would you be interested in selling that? And he goes, what do you want with it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking about buying the field. You know, I'm just looking to settle down and do something different. And the owner says, well, the field will cost you this much money. And you're going, that's it? Yeah, I know it's going to cost me, a, a, let's just say, a million dollars. But there's $10 million. There's $100 million buried in the treasure. But you're not going to tell the guy. So what you do is you literally go sell everything you own, everything. It's going to cost everything. It's going to cost your house, your car, your clothes. It's going to cost everything you have, but you're going to get the field and you're going to get the treasure hidden in the field. And the guy sells it to you. Now, everybody looks at you when you're trying to sell everything you have, you're trying to sell your house and your car and your clothes and your watches and your jewelry, and you're trying to sell it all. And people are looking at you and going, what is wrong with you? What do you want with that stupid field? There's nothing good in that field. And you just look at me and go, I just got a hunch. I got a hunch. What's buried over there is worth more than everything I own. That's the story that Jesus tells in Matthew 13. And what's the meaning of the parable? Well, when we discover what the kingdom of heaven is really like, the joy, the pleasure, the peace, the love, the happiness, the presence of God in the midst of it all, we go, wow, what do I own that would be worth trading for that? And the answer is all of it, all of it. I would trade it all and I'm not sure it would be enough. But if literally it took everything I had to buy the field, I would. Now, the implication of this is not you can buy salvation. You could buy your way into heaven. You could buy God. That's not the meaning of the parable. The meaning of the parable is really pretty obvious if you search for it. And it's simply that there's literally nothing you own that isn't worth giving up for him. He is so valuable, so precious, so meaningful. God is so beautiful, so glorious, so majestic that when you compare him to what you have, it's not worth it. And the follow-up illustration makes it just as clear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, the pearl of great price, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. Here's the real implication. Here's why I want to land our plane today. It's the end of 2020, and it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year for fear and anxiety. It's been running rampant. Some people have lost their jobs. Some are afraid they're going to lose their businesses. Others have lost their lives or loved ones. Fear is ramping up. And I want to encourage you, do not be afraid. Instead, whatever it costs you, make sure you find God. 
This past weekend, I, I told you on Sunday, I made a phone call to somebody who doesn't go to our church, but they have a loved one who's dying from COVID, and they just wanted to pray with a pastor. And uh, I prayed with them, and I encouraged them. I said, did your, did your mom know Jesus? They said, yeah, mom knew Jesus. I said, look, God may or may not answer this prayer. I don't know what he's going to do. He may not answer this prayer. But he's going to answer it. He just might not answer it this side of heaven. He's going to heal your mom because your mom knew Jesus. And where are you in your walk with Jesus? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure I can handle this. If God takes my mom, I'm not sure that I'll be okay with that. And so here was my challenge to them, and it's my challenge to you. Man, get God no matter what it costs you. If you have to lose everything, if you have to give up everything, do not give up your faith. Do not lose your faith. Now, let's apply it for a second. What would you be willing to invest in God's kingdom to make sure that other people found the pearl of great price? What would you be willing to invest to make sure that others found this treasure hidden in a field that is worth everything you own? Because that's the application as well. The reason that my wife and I years ago decided to be generous and beyond every year constantly trying to stretch ourselves beyond our generosity is because I want to go to heaven when I die and I want to take as many people with me as I can. And at the end of the day, it costs money to do ministry. So I want you, as you're thinking about this, whether your faith is waning and struggling right now to re-anchor your soul in him, or whether you just need to revisit, where are you in relation to your giving to God? Where are you in relation to supporting ministries that are reaching lost people for the sake of the kingdom of God? Because I tell you, there's nothing quite like it. May God bless you, and we'll talk to you next week.